You think the golf sucks because you've only seen the panhandle. The golf is garbage. The go the panhandle is garbage because the Mississippi empties out into it. That's yeah. so it's brackish. Down in Florida, it's like Caribbean. It's tropical. So sub subtropical. Down in Florida. <laughs> away from the panhandle of Florida. You mean Miami? <laughs> Look, Florida is like three different states, like California. It's got that northern part. It's like the south. I know, it's got but the central part. I don't. I, I, agree, I agree, but you kept you just referred to one part as the Panhandle and the other part as Florida. Oh well, you're okay. talking about Miami, Oops. right? Miami beaches. I, I have bias about where I come from. I'm sorry. Okay, I, what are you talking uh, about? What city? Beach, beach, Florida, beach, Tampa, like, Orlando. Like what city? Or what has a nice beach? Uh, well, where I I grew up was a nice beach town, like in Clearwater. It's like a coastal th suburb of Tampa and St. Pete. Okay. Okay, okay. So they have a nice beach? Yes, I guess named like the best beach in the country like all the time. Give me it's a break. Not, not to brag. Give me a fucking break. It's true. It's like white powdery sand and like the water is like perfect temperature. Have they been There's Hawaii? Dolphins. There's dolphins. Have Every you, night have you been to Hawaii? The sunset is like breathtaking. Yes, that's a state. That's a state. Hawaii. I mean, Hawaii is. That's why Hawaii's. You know, Hawaii. That's why they put Moana there because they're like, let's put this in the best, like, most sandals resort vibe possible. Moana is, takes place at. A yeah, that's not resort. funny. That doesn't make any sense. Let's. Uh, uh, I think that's. Let's make Moana take place at a sandals resort. That's tropical. No, I'm it, it does. Look, you're tropical just... and topical. You're mm -hmm. just you're just a white trash idiot, and that's okay. Thank you. You're not from a real city. No, I'm from a uh, beach town. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man. You're Sounds not from beautiful, cold, rainy San Francisco. Yeah. We got no. beaches. Oh. We got beaches with <sighs> rocks on them. I like San Francisco too, dude. It rains a lot in Florida, and there's like the crazy thunderstorms and stuff. It's not all iry. How's your gay population? <laughs> it's thriving. Because San Francisco's got the number one gay district in the world. No way, pal. Florida all the way. You want a slice of gay pizza? You go to the Castro. They got the best gay pizza. Nice, nice. The it's best just... gay, the best gay cookies. Nice. The gay, there's good gay cookies and pizza. For real. Yeah, they're all right by the Castro Theater. You can get a cookie shaped like a dick right next door. That's cool. Is that that's what you mean by gay cookies? Well, they have like nude photos of the men who make them. <laughs> it's guys making their own, like they're baking just their own like dick pics. There are nude men who walk around the Castro fully nude. Damn. And it's like a thing. It's like yeah, those are the naked guys, and well, they're not they're not like attractive. Sort of they're not attractive. In my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have you're very particular. They're just they're they're just like white guys. Um, they're like sex nerds. Oh, there's no there's, they don't have like Latin like flavor. They're not like they're not black. They're not Latin. Guys. They're not no. They're just rich gay nude men. They have like bad posture and like pot bellies and stuff. You're saying, but they're naked. They're not that bad. They kind of have dad bod from the mm. ones I remember. Hey, man. They just sort of walk Perfect. around. They'll drink. Completely naked? 
Yeah. Drinking? Damn. Man, I I I hear that stuff and I it makes me really wish I was gay because it seems like those guys really get to live this like fantasy life. The whole fantasy of San Francisco is that you can come there from any part of the country and act as crazy as you want. You can be the you could be the best hippie, the best music nerd. You can you can just do whatever you want and just like reinvent yourself. That's cool. That's what Florida's like too. Honestly, Florida has a lot of uh <laughs> Isn't it like you're escaping? About, well, like people like talk about people uh you know, Florida Florida people being crazy, but a lot of them are like people who like move down there from New York when they're like 50. Yeah. And it's a lot of there's a lot of people from New York in Florida. And I've seen and Seinfeld. Experience yeah, not just that. I don't just mean like Morty Seinfeld and uh, fuck. What's his mom's name? I don't, I don't know. know. God damn, that's the first time I haven't like known us, been able to like ac- access Seinfeld trivia in my brain. Um, but it's like I feel like a lot of like Vietnam vets move down to Florida a from lot- like other parts of the the country, and so like. Like there's just like real there's so many sketchy people in Florida. Like Well the, and in general people are meaner, I would say, in Florida. Well than in California. The, I mean, I know San Francisco's great. Like, obviously, like not stop. No slouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the other thing <laughs> is Florida has um apparently you can't like sue or you can't take money from people in Florida, like OJ moved to Florida because he didn't want to pay Fred Goldman any money, so he was protected by Florida state law. There, there's things oh, like that. Oh, you can't be like sued for money or something. Is that what you, is or that they what can't you force you to pay money you owe. Um, yeah, Florida's it's wild, dude. Well, wild south. Anyway, we bring this up because today we're talking about two great movies. Yeah, one from Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> one from Tampa, one from San Francisco. And the way we picked these movies was I let Adam pick a film and then I picked a movie to respond to it. So what so what movie did you pick, Adam? For Cop wait, and a half, Biff, baby. Yeah. You picked Cop and a Half. And this is the movie Which you Which is wa- a movie I loved uh, when I was a kid. I watched it a lot. I had a v- v- VHS of it, I think. Okay, let me just set up something. Okay. A little like a little thought I had. Okay. I was perplexed. Like, why would you pick this movie to talk about as an adult? (laughs) Like, why watch it again? Why even bother? Uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, I just, it's the kind of movie I found when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I found it, uh, charming and like uh, that little kid actor in it, I thought was really charming and like, funny and like um and you know it's from my hometown obviously not a lot of movies are set in florida or tampa um there i mean there are some but like i want more baby um so but yeah it's just a movie that was always like in a like you see it enough as a kid that they're it's like always kind of on rotation in your memory not like you're thinking about it constantly like your entire life but you're uh Every like six months, you'll think about the kid from Cop and a Half saying like "fat jumbo" and something like that. 
and uh and then so yeah i mean you know i just felt like i'm gonna be a father soon i thought it should be like time to revisit give me a fucking uh, break <laughs> i'm just i'm just kidding about the father thing but uh yeah i just thought i don't know i just paid cop and a half okay fuck I well to watch it. cop and a half is a universally panned film it was a flop it's, not universally it's considered to be terrible by most people roger ebert gave it a three-star <laughs> review which i watched exactly and read so in when adam picked cop and a half the movie I chose to, to talk about was 48 Hours, which coincidentally is a San Francisco movie, my hometown. Mm. Mm. Pretty interesting. But also... Yeah, it's quite... Is it's, it a coincidence? Makes you wonder. Well, we don't know. But anyway... Yeah, it's, that is your, you know, what would Freud say? Is he interested in coincidences? <laughs> Is he not? That's not a Freud. If I, well, if I were to psychoanalyze my choice, I'd say I picked this movie because it's better than your movie by a lot, and I think it's. Mm, I mean, a I direct know. a direct influence on that movie. Yeah, I think that's so good. And uh, I did a lot of research on this mm-hmm. and like how okay. how this happened, and I've been interested in buddy cop movies, and the thing is, there are. 70s buddy cop movies like Freebie and the Bean and Bustin. And the difference is they're both cops. And right. I think the thing that 48 Hours does is it it teams up a cop with a criminal. Yeah. And then that kicked off a wave in the 80s of high concept Midnight films. Run. Yeah, high concept films of cops and canine. Oh, yeah. Top Dog. I held, Top Dog is another movie that I watched a lot of the kids. Turner and Hooch. So there's three dog movies. Dun- uh, Every Which Way But Loose. Well, he's not, no, a, that, co- he's not a cop. Oh, okay. That's have you seen that? Like a... No, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I have. <laughs> That's cool. Rare Clint Eastwood comedy. Ooh, how does he do? How's our boy do? I loved that movie as a kid. I mean, monkey movies are pretty hard to fuck up. Well, he's one of the great apes. Clyde. He sure is. I forget which one's first. It, there's Every Which Way But Lose and Any Which Way You Can or Any Which Way. I feel like I watch Any Which Way But Lose, which is the sequel and the dumber one. So I haven't even seen the first one. Mm. Oh, the other one's like the gritty original version? Well, it's a comedy. Right. It's less but broad. It's like the first Ninja Turtles where it's like it's, dark. It's real New York stuff. Real yeah. New York flavor, pizza pie. First Ninja Turtles movie. So, oh, it's, it's so cool that that movie like is as dark as it is for the time, and like it being, I don't know, it's like Ninja Turtles. It's well, like a dark mo- movie that has nin- like fucking turtles in it, giant turtles in it. My theory is that in the eighties, Forty Eight Hours. It's from nineteen eighty two. Yes, it is a gritty movie. Oh yeah, I thought it was. I like it's. It's a very. It's kind of. It's a pretty like mean movie. Have you ever seen it before? No. Okay, so this is your first watch. But anyway, like, Forty Eight Hours is an early high concept studio film, but it's in the transition from the seventies, which are grittier, more character driven, darker films, and 
by the end of the 80s, you have, like you were saying, K-9, very light, very stupid, very yeah, um, colorful, very boring, very commercial-looking comedies. And 48 Hours was unique in that it was a comedy, but it also had... It has a real action cop movie mm-hmm. aesthetic and characters. Yeah, it's like only a uh, comedy. It's like never a comedy past it being a like kind of mean, like dirty, like cop movie. It's not, it never breaks that to be a comedy, like beyond that. Right. But it's and, like a comedy within it. And when you actually. Like one thing I was thinking about watching it this time was it's like the French connection, but if they made his partner a criminal, mm. you know, or dirty Harry, if his partner was a criminal, although Nick Nolte isn't that extreme, which is good. He's not like as bloodthirsty as either of those, those cops, mm-hmm. but you know, he's, he's like, he says the N word. Like he says, he sure does. He, he's not just blasting people, but he's pretty yeah. intense. Like, um, yeah, like look like at Rush Hour. As big a piece of shit as possible. Yeah, Jackie Chan is like very like showered and fresh and like friendly. Yeah, that's Chris an Tucker that's an R-rated like movie, sharp, right? Sharp or PG thirteen? I think it. I think it's PG thirteen. And it's not gritty at all. Right. And, like, in between that, you would have maybe, like, Lethal Weapon, where... Yeah. It's... Did this come out before Lethal Weapon? Yes. This came out... So this is, like, the first... This is the first Eddie Murphy movie. This came out a, a year before Beverly oh, Hills wow. Cop. So, like, Beverly Hills yeah. Cop, even, is on the the more commercial, clean kind of genre studio movie... Um. I mean, in that pro, like you could see that movie is like more commercial compared to Forty Eight Hours. Like Forty Eight Hours is on is half gritty crime film with uh with comedy, and then Beverly Hills Cop is a little cleaner, sh- shinier. Beverly Hills Cop Two by eighty seven is definitely um less realistic. Yeah, more yeah. contrived. It becomes Bigger. well, it's like an industry. It becomes like. You know, of of a, a big like movies like that are just they're made they're as well, big they, as possible for like once they realize that it'll make money. Yeah, they start greenlining them like all the time. Like remember, and they go bigger too. There's that Jay Leno, Pat Morita, buddy cop movie. Mm, yeah, what a combo. Okay, so while this is all going on in the '80s, Burt Reynolds. He's in his like second wave of persona. The 70s thing is kind of over. Smoking the Bandit, the Hal Needham chase, ridiculous car movies are kind of dying. And he right. mo- he starts making all these canon films that are really gritty cop movies. And he's even directing. Like He made one movie called Stick, which I was checking out. He made, um, he made a movie called Heat. Written by uh, William Goldman, that's actually mm. hilarious. Like, it's one of the best bad movies. 
Oh, nice. I mean, it like William William Goldman won the Academy Award for Butch casting the Sundance Kid. He's making this contrived piece of shit, and I'm sure someone else is like rewriting his plot because it gets it goes really off the rails. But there are such ridiculous melodramatic moments in this movie that only a great writer could possibly pull off. Okay. Like just, what? I mean, it's just creative because there's, he's, he, he's a tough guy. Burt Reynolds plays a tough guy who is hired by Peter McNichol, the bad, not the bad guy from Ghostbusters 2, but the art, the nerdy art guy who wants oh, to help yeah, Vigo. Yeah. yeah, that's Peter McNichol. I love that guy. Yeah, that guy seems like a groundling. He's definitely a character actor. Yeah, I would. You know, I... He might be a New York guy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he gets hired by Burt Reynolds, and Burt Reynolds, he wants Burt Reynolds to teach him how to be a tough guy. Okay. And... That sounds like... it's That's like that movie, that Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell movie. Yes. Get Hard, is that what it's called? Yes. It's very similar in... Titles. Co- Good. Very similar concept, but <laughs> a little more... <laughs> I, it's definitely more grounded, but I don't want to say it's a grounded movie. That would be a good double feature. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to watch that. I tried to watch that Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart so movie. Like, I didn't like it. It's like, fuck. I did not enjoy that. Um, but okay. anyway, he made another movie called... He made a bunch of crappy cop movies like Rent-A-Cop, Physical Evidence, and his star starts to fade. In 1989... He makes a movie called Breaking In. That's it's kind of the the last of his his like attempt to be a serious actor. And then in the early '90s, he starts doing a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And Cop and a Half comes along in '93. It's basically the last time he played the lead character in a studio movie until he did The Crew after Boogie Nights, which he got an he got an Oscar nom for Boogie Nights. So he made The Crew. As What's like his re- his like reinvention movie, like or his John Travolta comeback kind of movie. The Crew is a terrible movie. I've never seen it. I'm assuming it's terrible. It looked terrible. It looked awful. It's a him, Seymour Cassell. It's like four old guys who are in a crew. Now they're hanging out and they're old and you know they like take Viagra. It's like old man jokes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Like, uh, yeah, there's like so many, there's a type of movie that is like Morgan Freeman, Jack Nicholson, uh, like actors of that era. Well, they they're, it's like them being old. Old exploitation. Like yeah. Old exploitation. I, uh, there's one where they're like old guys, like doing another, like, crime or something one last job baby it's like the yeah. wild bunch but they're they're in diapers yeah they there's still, they still ha- got it there's this movie on hbo max i pass all the time and i threaten my girlfriend that one day we'll watch it which is book club <laughs> with jane fonda uh, and candace bergen oh, yeah and diane keaton mary steenburgen right? yeah they um uh, they read 50 shades of gray and get horny <laughs> it's supposed to be like surreal in how awful it is. That's a funny. I mean, it's a bold. It's you know, it's it's somewhat of a bold concept. I would say that has like a funny quality about it. I just, 
I think I kind of dismissed it immediately by being about Fifty Shades of Grey. It just seems yeah. like. But I. But you can see how that's like a. If you heard about that as a like, oh, I I wrote this script. What's it about? It's about well, these old women that read Fifty Shades of Grey and get like super horny. Why would they get horny by that book? It's about a young naive girl. Do women? Well, it's not just that book though. It's like, well, that book is like. Ex- I'm just describing the plot of this movie. Have for you seen now. the movie? That book. Have you no, seen the I movie? I remember from the trailer. That I mean, we could be wrong. The, no, I remember very vivid. Very but that's not actually the plot of the movie, Adam. That's what I'm saying. The trailer. No, I know, but they get turned on because it's, uh, you know, it's. Uh, so this it's like S and F. So it works for you. Yeah, because I'm, I'm saying it it doesn't work, but you're like, no, 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 no. I've seen the no, movie. I'm just saying, I'm saying it's in a the funny, trailer uh, form. I just think it's a funny concept. I get why it was like a script that was greenlit by the studio system. I mean, you're a jerk off. You like jerk off movies. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck, man. You think that's a funny concept? I'm a jerk off. Oh, I think it's a cle- like in terms of what scripts studios like want i could see that getting bought kind of quickly it's like harold so, and kumar go to white castle it's like it's, it could be like sold in a pitch so thanksgiving it's a pitch movie thanksgiving you come over your mom's got a black eye and you're like mom what happened did dad hit you and she's like yeah we were reading 50 shades of gray and we decided to try a little bdsm <laughs> i'm 75 years old my mom's not that old this terrible book Got it um, so hot and bothered. Yeah, that's the that's why it's a funny idea, William. Get it? It's a it's a silly. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's just a joke. Doing Trump. You're so sensitive, dude. I just don't know why Easy you shit. think a garbage movie you would never watch works. <laughs> Well, no, I'm. I don't. And you're think like it defend. Works. You're like defending it. You're saying it's a good <laughs> idea. No, you are. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it works. I'm saying like, I'm not saying the movie works. I'm saying that concept. I, I get why it. Did you think I didn't understand a, the joke? It's not a joke. I'm not joking. What are you talking the premise. About? Do you th- you don't think I understood oh. the premise of book club? Um, like what you're defending it. You're saying I'm saying it's, it doesn't work yeah, because well, it's like a, that's a hard. That, that's like a no. I'm what I'm saying is. That that's a thing that could sell without working, without and like pe- the people in the, the, the greenlit it and shit are too charmed and tickled by the idea that they don't realize that it's not it it like it it's hard to pull that kind of thing off. <laughs> I'm like sweating. <laughs> Defending wow. book club. Wow. Oh my god, but it's worth it. Yeah. So it's anyway, worth. cop and a half. This is. This is playing off Burt Reynolds' persona from those 80 movie, 80s movies. Right, right. And also, like, the character of in a buddy cop movie, the Nick Nolte character. They're very similar, I feel like. So as someone who's never seen 48 Hours, give me your thoughts. Because I grew up um, watching this movie. I get it, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I thought it was... Looked, it like looks really good and it, it is that like it has that like nice like gritty quality I really appreciated how uh, um, not fun like they didn't they're not like trying to make it funny at all really you know what I mean it's kind of like 
they're trying to solve the case and they're just things are happening yeah well like the, well i'm saying like walter hill and them they're, like they're not like like the characters aren't likable they don't have i mean eddie murphy is like a car you know a big character in, within it but there's like the characters aren't given like interesting personality things they're kind of just like these miserable assholes um yeah and but man i really loved the uh scene in the precinct like the first scene in the precinct at the beginning when it's like this one shot that just like goes all over the, the precinct and it follows this like uh there's maybe like nine speaking groups. parts nine yeah, speaking and parts like, and a ton of background actors it's kind of an, it's so impressive how effortlessly this movie starts i mean within the first 15 minutes you know all the characters yeah it's so natural and like real feeling too um the way you're they're just watching their conversations that's kind of what i was saying like they don't have their 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 dialogue is not punched up from everyday dialogue it's definitely shauna said um yeah the thing i realized watching this movie as an adult living in la is how much of this movie is shot in la there's an insane amount of la street photography in this movie and oh really I did notice some downtown LA spots for sure. I mean, it's this movie. Here's the thing about 48 hours and like, that's so unique. Like it's so cliched, but it always works. And it's kind of amazing. Like you got the yelling boss. Yeah. You got that one guy, the buddy cops. He's a criminal. He's a cop. They don't like each other. His lady friend. He's got his he's got his chick who's always ragging on him for being a yeah. dick. <laughs> um, um he's Yeah, like, and he's just like such a miserable, like tired looking guy. Like just So do you know yeah. anything about Nick Nolte? Uh I mean like I know like <laughs> he like I've seen like the mugshot. Yeah, okay. Never mind. So <laughs> Nick Nolte he does a really funny voice now. Like uh, present day. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> he he He's was kinda a... sounds like that guy in Cabin Boy. Pat Pop Paps or something like that. The guy that he's in like other he's in like Adam Sandler movies too. Like I think he's in Waterboy. But he has that like he's only like rasp. He's like a oh, like, Yeah. He's the guy who gets his like dick cut off in um Natural Born Killers. <laughs> The guy from Cabin Boy? Or like his finger cut off or something. There's a bunch of guys. Damn, there's a guy from... Different. There's a guy in Cabin Boy that's in 48 Hours, Brian James. Damn. He's the detective who's always making fun of Nick Nolte. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what got him the part. He was really good at that. Got him the part in the other movie. He's just in stuff. He's in... I mean, he's in Blade Runner. He's in 48 Hours. He's in... He's in Cabin Boy. Oh, this guy. I forgot that you were doing the screen thing. Um, yeah, this guy, man, his hair in this movie is awesome. It's a wig. No way. Yeah, I believe that <laughs> is a hairpiece. <laughs> it looks. Talking about? It's perfect. He has perfect hair. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> a bald man wearing a wig. I recognize this guy from Blade Runner. Yeah, he's in a lot of great stuff. 
He's a great character um, actor. That's a cool photo of that guy. This is just such a cool, like, because it's a Walter Hill movie, it's cool. Yeah, Walter Hill is a brilliant screenwriter. Better, Definitely a better screenwriter than director, and it's not like knocking his directing. It's just that he writes, he's written a lot of great movies, and they're consistently, they're well-written. What can I say? I mean, they're, he understands genre very well. The way this movie moves. I was just thinking that too. Just like. Is so smart. Fall. Yeah. It just always looks exactly, you know, but it's a lot of times it like catches your eye and stuff too. He's also just great at casting people. That's another like thing. Like uh, the driver with Ryan O'Neill. He's, um, he's well okay. cast. Bruce Dern, Isabel Johnny. That movie's amazing. Like, Hard Times um, is great. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, his movies are awesome. Uh, Streets of Fire is kind of like where it. it falls apart from. That was his, like, overly ambitious failure. Oh, it's dear. it's it, the, the video game Final Fight is based on the movie Streets of Fire. Oh, that's and awesome. Many of the characters from Streets of Fire are in Final Fight. Like, Willem Dafoe oh, wears... That's cool garbage bag he wears garbage bag overalls and he's like a gang leader and he has like oh it's like uh new york well it's la i think they're oh it's like la warriors the la version of the warriors yes all right the warriors incredible cast yeah the warriors so good um that's the only other walter hill movie i've seen i think um but Anyway. So anyway, you know. Oh my God, that tank top! <laughs> you just went by that. James that Remar. Tank top. Yeah. So James Dude, Remar. I've never seen a tank top this cool. It looks so comfortable. It's like a tank top for the winter. James Remar. That would be like an incredible. It's imagine a... like wearing like a brisk in a brisk weather, having like an insulated tank top. Or what if you saw an old man <laughs> wearing that? Just wearing <laughs> just like a knitted tank top. Gun. Like, that's the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen. Your father-in-law walks in. He's like, Adam. <laughs> Bobby T. Let's get some drinks. That would be a Bobby T look for sure. It's like I would. I'm I, I want to look like this. I'm cold and I'm hot. Yeah, that, I know. It must be. It's kind of a. I could see how that sensation would be addictive. So let's. If we think about the way Forty Eight Hours starts off, where he's. They break him out of prison. Yeah. He, I mean, these clothes he's but, wearing. Maybe he's just grabbing whatever clothes he can get. Like, Gans is on a mission. He wants his money. He's not going to stop and pick up, like... You're talking about the tank top he got? It's just, he, like, found it? It's possible. Is that, like, prison issue? It's not prison issue. It's a knitted tank top. <laughs> I don't know what they give him in San Francisco. It's cold in San Francisco, but maybe the sun will come out. You never know. You gotta maybe have they it. don't because they're prisoners. They don't give them sleeves. So, Gans is on a mission. He's looking for his money. He kidnaps uh, another cat guy from the Warriors, David Patch, David Michael Kelly, David Patrick Kelly. What's his name? Uh, oh yeah, this guy, David Patrick Kelly. He's from the Wire. He's from the Warriors. Oh, the warrior. Oh, that's where he's from. Warriors, come out and play. He's in other stuff, too, though. Twin Peaks. 
I'm not that. He's in Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what I'm like thinking. Okay, he's well, on, like, he was on like I think he was on Full House. I think that's I think I saw this guy in Full House. Hey, how's it going? I'm in Full House. I think he was one of the Rippers or something. What are they? Jesse and the Rippers. Oh. <laughs> I thought they were the Beach Boys. What are they? No, he just plays with the Beach Boys sometimes. You watch Fucking a lot of weird. children's entertainment. I don't watch it now. I uh, watched it when I was a kid. He's in Commando. Have you seen Commando? Yeah, that's uh, that's maybe what I'm thinking about. He's the guy who Schwarzenegger goes, I promise I'll kill you last. And then... He goes, remember when I said I'd kill you last? He's like, yeah. He's like, I lied. And then he drops him off. <laughs> he drops him off a cliff. Yeah. Awesome. That movie's amazing. Same score as 48 Hours. Day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It... It's lifted. They just took... Oh. They must have used Temp Track from 48 Hours, and then it's the same composer, and then maybe he just reworked something, or... Do you know who the bad guy in Commando is? Uh... Um, Do you remember him? Yeah, the guy in the tank. He's got a tank top. He's got it's a, like fishnet. He's got a. Me- it's like a mesh tank top. It's yeah, like a mesh tank top. Do you know who Holy that? A- shit. Do you know who that actor is? Is he Australian in real life? Yes, he's an actor. You've seen him in a movie pretty recently. <laughs> oh man! A movie you saw for the first time. Forty-eight hours. <laughs> One of the great sequels in movie history. He, I'll say this: He looks a lot better in the first movie. He's much more in shape. He looks much more intimidating. It's a sequel. It's a really cool Australian movie sequel. How recent from the did I from the it? early eighties? Oh, sequel? Oh, oh, Mad Max? Oh, yeah. He looks. Uh, he's he, the guy in. Mad he's Max. the guy in Mad Max. And then when he showed up on set, I think they were like, "What the hell happened to you, man? Like." You look like garbage. It, on on uh, Commando? Oh, yeah. When he showed up on the set of Commando, oh, they're wow. like, dude. <laughs> Vernon uh, Wells, Bennett. Dude, imagine being an action, an actor in action movies on that level in the 80s. And, like, you've already gotten, you know, you've made you've made this, your splash. So you're now you're getting the, all these roles. So you're flying around the world, like, doing these things. And you're eating. You fucking get you're... fat and shit, and then you just stop. So you just show up, and you've probably you're like doing cocaine, and it's like the Street Fighter movie. It's like every nobody cares. <laughs> you're just like, okay, what? I'm like, yeah. This happens. This happens to every actor in the world. Yeah, that's the that's I mean, the problem. That's why Tom Cruise is so disciplined. Yeah, they have to be like the I do uh, fucking TM twice because, a day for the celebrities. You're you're living high in the hog for decades, and you're yeah. eventually gonna just give up. I mean, I, I I'm surprised that celebrities don't like retire, you know, quickly. Okay, let's. I was gonna say let's go to cop and a half, but there's one more thing I want to talk about after yeah, in should, the in the beginning of 48 there. hours, and this is the way I feel like we should compare them. So anyway, Nick Nolte, he's really sad. Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad and Beverly Hills Cop is murdered. His other partner, the other cop is murdered. He's, Gans is a oh. cop killer. He's got to stop him. He goes to San Quentin to get Eddie Murphy to help him solve the case. Mm-hmm. Technically, he just, I mean, he just wants to, he just talked to Eddie Murphy. 
and get some information. But then Eddie Murphy yeah. like says, "Give me forty eight hours, or take me out, get me out of here, and I'll help you." Yeah, yeah, because he he just really wants pussy. He just wants to get out. He wants pussy. He wants to get out of prison. But the whole movie, he's just like trying to get pussy. Yeah, but the thing, the thing I love about the premise of this movie is that Nick Nolte is like, I need to solve this case. I'm gonna get this guy out of here. I'm not like he talks to his chief, and his chief says, "Look, man, do whatever you want. Just solve this case." Yeah. So he has carte blanche. Yes. He's got and, creative freedom. But he wants he wants to do it, and I think that's a much better choice than in Cop and a Half. <laughs> Where he doesn't want to do it. Well, the kid wants I mean, to do it. The co- the premise. Well, the, let's Eddie talk Murphy about the had, like the kid also wants to. He's like, you got to take me with you. Yes, or whatever. That's like the same want, right? Yeah, but Nick, it it it's so messy and so sloppy. the The whole the screenwriting of Cop and a Half is so <laughs> terrible. Let's I thought talk, it was... Uh, let's talk about the first act. Well, let's talk about the opening scene, which is great. It's a very good, well-done spoof. Is there anything else we need to talk about with this movie? 48, 48 hours? hours? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up scenes that are in 48 hours and okay. a cop and a half. Good idea. You can do that? Wow. But... Um, okay, I'm, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride. You're the cop and a half uh, kid. Well, so I should we bring up Cop and a Half? Tell me <laughs> about the, tell me half? about the first act of Cop and a Half and what you. Well, as a Cop and a Half kid, um, I like the first scene. I thought was, you know, it's like a cop parody. It's it's not a parody. It's not like, but it because it's like played straight within like a kid's world, but it's like a. Well, uh, I mean, that's a parody. Homage. It's playing on the, the yeah tropes like of the genre. I don't, I don't know. I thought that was a fun fun uh, scene. Uh, and, so the kid's uh, acting like a cop. He has binoculars. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and also the... He's got a so gun. He, 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 you know, you just get introduced to this little kid, living his little kid life, and but having like a funny little personality. He's very... Like, okay. I mean, it's a shit scene. <laughs> well, I mean, no, every... it's not. I don't want to be too harsh because this is the premise of the, this is the this premise is of the movie. Like he's Hold on. I want to get something out of the way about this movie. And I, and if you don't agree, this is, it's going to be rough. The kid is really good in this movie. Oh, he is and awful. That, no, he's not. He's, he's very awful. Charming, very charming and cute. This is a movie for kids. You know, this kid was never cute. seen again after this movie for a reason. I just followed him on Twitter, actually. What's his name? Norman D. Golden the second. Okay, so you're a real fan. You know his name. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for this kid because he must have thought he made it. He's in a movie. Burt Reynolds is there. Yeah, apparently this movie was originally... or At one point, it had Macaulay Culkin attached. And Kurt, and Kurt, and, gonna and be Kurt. Kurt Russell. Yes. Okay, you've done your research. Splat shooting the principal in the in the people. Oh, I've done my research, Adam. <laughs> I know things about this movie sure that you have. have you know nothing about. Oh, I, I let's bring it. No, Dude, let's. But first, let's talk about the fucker. director. Let's talk to. The, let's talk about the director, That's Henry thing Winkler. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, so the Winks, as he's called. Has he directed anything? Like this, this is his second movie. This is how bad Hollywood is. They're now just having the Fonz. This direct. is his last movie, I think he directed. The Fonz is directing movies for no reason. I think a kids. I think a thing with kids movies is that they're directed by sometimes like actors, old older actors who can uh, who like, can guide them. Like uh, uh, somebody else from Happy Days directed Dolphin Tale, I think. Bob Balaban directed Dolphin Tale, but no, he did. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Bob <laughs> Balaban. Really I worked on Dolphin Tale too. You did? What'd you do? I did the end credits. I did. I animated them. The whole thing? You by yourself? Well, there was designers and other people, but I was. I did the most animation for the end credits. I'm sorry. That's cool. It's Damn. not Bob Balaban. It's feather in your cap. Charles Martin Smith. Now he's in. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You would just say, we're saying that you're like I know what I'm talking about. Well, they look so similar. They got glasses. They're nerds. They're <laughs> nerdy little men. Okay, so this is where all the shit. He's five. It's four. weird. Ron Howard is in American Graffiti with Charles Martin Smith. American Graffiti became a TV show. Essentially, it's Happy Days with Henry Winkler. So people are thinking, hey, these guys know Ron Howard. Maybe they can direct. Maybe they can make uh, movies. Sure. But I think it's like, you know, an actor like taking a small movie. Also, Imagine Entertainment is Ron, Ron Howard's company, production company. I'm not saying Ron Howard can't direct. I'm just saying. Uh, no, I'm saying that a Ron Howard like let Henry Winkler direct this movie. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, it was the last movie he directed for Imagine. <laughs> I read. So anyway, the kid is hanging out. He's coming home on his bike. He sees. This scene is really good too. I feel like the 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 introduction of Burt Reynolds' character. This is exactly what like my. This area is the like, this the is way, the most ambitious out. scene in the movie by far. Yeah. And it's and it's actually really good. I think too. It's like funny and like this guy is so good. Uh, you're talking about Frank, been on the Sopranos, dude. Frankie Carbone. Yeah. He's in Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh okay. I, I, he's the guy in the meat. Lo- he's the guy in the meat locker. And I think the reason why he's not in the Sopranos is because he's. It's too. They saw this movie. Movie ruined him. Uh, he, he might be in the Jerky Boys movie. Yeah, this guy was in like he's in, he's probably in like Corky Romano, all the movies from the nineties that had like the mob in it. Like yes. all the those are all Goodfellas actors, I guess. Yeah, and you'll all see like him. Side guys, Mickey Blue Eyes, analyze Bad this, guys. analyze that. Oh, okay. We're watching the scene where Burt Reynolds steps in dog shit. This is how he's introduced. He's, That's a huge pile, by the way. And it's so fake looking, and it's. The turd is he's right. Good. He's good. like I don't know. I think he's being funny. His his performance is funny. I think in this movie. I think, and I I heard that he was like he hated. He was pissed, and he always was arguing with Henry Winkler, poor guy. And uh, he, which so, he's known and, like, to do. Yeah. So I mean, like, but he's good. I think he's good in this movie. I don't know why people say his performance is bad. I think he's like kind of. Well, fu- he's t- like obviously like kind of in a bad mood. Okay, it, it just seems good. you you are out of your mind. You are like <laughs> you have no. It's my opinion. I mean, do you have a brain? What is you got to show me what you think is bad? I guess. Okay, and then we can go from. There. I'll say this: there are maybe it's harder to find the bad. There are three lines in this movie that are funny with Burt Reynolds, where he's like an angry cop. Yeah. Okay, and most where he bra- where he fixes the guy's nose. That's a good moment in this scene. That scene's awful. It's an embarrassment. No, it's good. It's, it's funny. an embarrassment. 
This is good. I'll fix your nose. Okay, remember, people are listening to this. They don't know what we're talking about. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the introduction scene. I'm just getting lost in the in the movie again. Burt Reynolds is chasing two He's gangsters, two mafia two ma mafia guys. Yeah, in Florida. He came there from New York. So, yeah, hey. Hey. I mean, hey. So, that's all I got to say. He see he see he keeps seeing this like Cadillac in the movie. He's like, "Oh, there's that Cadillac. There's that Cadillac." There's two car there's two important cars in this movie and there's two important sets of boots. Like yes. odd skin boots. So they the might both be gator skin. The little kid sees the Cadillac again later that night after being sad and alone. And he follows him on his little bike. And this is totally unrealistic. I mean, I don't buy this at all. <laughs> I he, well, why not? He's he's a want, he's like a you know precocious. Uh, he can't pedal this fast. Right. Okay. He just can't do it. Like he could have done something where he hit in the car, which he does later. <laughs> yeah. But spoiler alert. I don't buy any of this. But whatever. It's a movie for kids. Uh, yeah. So then we get to the, this is like, I mean, this is a scene, this is a cliched scene. I mean, it's in a million other movies. The little kid is the witness. He sees the murder. He's introduced to the head. Yeah, it's a, well, this movie is cliche. It's, with a, it's like a specific twist. Oh, man. I will say that the guy, the inner, the, the bad guy. In Ray movie, Sharkey. And the, his introduction. I always like this. I always hated this part. Vinnie Fountain. He comes in singing, and it's just so weird. He's the singing gangster. There's also no payoff for him singing at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you know who this actor is? It's a weird is? character. No. Hey, Ray Sharkey was in a movie with Henry Winkler called um, The Lords of Flatbush, which I haven't seen yet, but that's like a 70s Oh yeah. Like gangster it's movie. Like, um, he, um, did the he did the Fonz and the Happy Days gang TV series. He was the voice of the Fonz, and... Oh, interesting. Oh, no, I'm looking at Henry Winkler's IMDb. God damn it. I'm so dumb. I'm like, whoa, he did the voice <laughs> of the Fonz. I was like, that's a weird. This is so, they're so like, such. Uh, I thought they were really close. I, I feel like they're, fellows. they've worked together in the past, and maybe that's why he's in this movie. It'd be cool to find out that they're just like partner, like life. Well, don't, partners. I don't think that would be good, Adam. <laughs> why not? Okay. So, anyway, let, I'll, talk, I'll bring this up in a second. I'll bring that up in a what second. There's something I want to talk about in a minute. But first, I want to talk about um, the first act. The kid sees the murder. He's the witness to the crime. He says yeah. to the cops, I'm not going to tell you the license plate unless you um, make me a yeah, cop. Yeah, it's all about this license plate. You got to make me a cop. I'm not going to give up anything. Quid pro quo. I saw it on Miami Vice. I I got all the deets. Perfect storytelling. Very efficient. And the police chief is like, come on. It's just, you'll help. Who, who's this lady again? She's she's like a commissioner in something. Or she's like. She's in what? Police Academy or something? She's in some. I know. I recognize yeah, her from something else. Holland Taylor. Oh, that's such a good name. She's in Two and a Half Men. She's in a lot of TV. Really good name. She's oh, a... yeah. I remember her on Two and a Half Men. I've seen a few of those. So that's the premise of the movie. The kid begs, make me a cop. I have the I have the evidence. 
and then he's but he's like a big he's a notorious uh, like washed up grump yeah the you know, ruby d's in this movie and she's really really good in it too i think okay so let's she's get back let's get back to ray sharkey i had a feeling you didn't know this and I, this is something i wanted to read on the air okay okay <laughs> yes okay this is from his wikipedia ray sharkey oh. american stage film and television actor his most notable film role was as Vincent Vaccari in the 1980 film The Idolmaker, for which he won the Golden Globe for Best Actor. He's also known mm-hmm. as Sonny Steelgrave in the television series Wise Guy. I never watched that show. I didn't recognize him. I was watching Cop and a Half. I see this guy come out singing. He's so weird. But there's something weird. There's something unique about him in that I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. And I'm reading his Wikipedia. He's in a bunch of stuff in the 70s, 80s. And then this caught my eye. Uh, illness and death. Because Cop and the Half is his last film. He died oh. after making Cop and the Half. Uh, okay. Ray, Shark- okay. Ray Sharkey was diagnosed as HIV positive in the late 1980s. He reportedly con- yeah. contracted the virus through intravenous drug use. After his death, Sharkey's manager, Herb... Nana's admitted that they both decided to keep his do- excuse me Herbie Nana's Nana's Herbie Nana's so, Herbie it's even more intense when you make it Herbie Herbie Nana's is like Ray come here we gotta keep this a secret we don't wanna ruin your career Herbie Nana's okay. his career is shit by the way which is so funny that they're like we gotta keep That's- it going <laughs> I mean, Jesus. So they didn't tell I mean, anyone. That's the last thing an actor would need, I'm sure, who's struggling already. Yeah, so they don't tell anyone he's HIV positive because they're afraid he might be gay. Or um, sure. that's a Burt Reynolds thing. I'll get to that later. So anyway, he was HIV positive, and he remained in den- denial about it. And according to his manager, had sex with an estimated 100 women after he was diagnosed. Holy shit. In April, he really is a bad guy. Yeah. In April 1991, Sharky began a relationship with model actress Elena Monica, daughter of comedian Corbett Monica. In July 1991, she became ill and was hospitalized with aseptic meningitis. During a routine check, she tested positive for HIV. Monica believes she contracted the virus from Sharky, who continued to deny that he infected her. Monica ended the relationship in 1991. 92, another woman suspected that Sharky had infected her with HIV as well. That later that year, Monica. So this is before he faced Catherine uh, Yeah. Well, before that, Monica filed a $52 million lawsuit against the actor for knowingly infecting her with HIV. In an interview with Details Magazines conducted in March 1993, three months before his death, Sharky told the reporter that he was, in fact, HIV positive by saying he harbored a strain of HIV that he believed would never develop into AIDS. He's like, I got a special, yeah. I got special HIV. It's not going to be AIDS. And apparently he weighed 80 pounds and had a hacking cough and had a brain lesion during this interview. So he's in like full denial of his HIV. Jesus. But yada, he's like yada. A, he's just like a really crazy person. Yada, yada, yada. He makes his performance. He's a terrible actor. That's the funny thing. Talk about play that scene again. No. Something he said as he was. This disease is funny. One day you're negative, and the next day you're positive, and people suffer. I don't think she suffered for me. Damn. So Uh, he died. So he died 
like a month before this movie came out. And what's weird is like reading the Ebert review, reading anything about Cop and Half, no one brings up the fact that this it the villain has, is HIV positive and had infected multiple women. Fifty? Did you say fifty or hundred? Or something he like slept that? with a hundred women. Jesus. And he would have girlfriends Dude. and relationships, and he would not tell them. Imagine getting HIV from a person and then seeing them in Cop and a Half singing that song. Well, I think because he's a famous actor, I think he would know he's in the movie before you see it. So. Would you? Or you're just like, damn, I really want to watch Cop and a Half. Hey, that guy fucked me. Hey, that guy fucked me and gave me AIDS, man. (laughs) I didn't know that guy was in this movie. Oh, what the hell? I just wanted to watch Cop and a Half. My kids wondering why I'm crying in the movie theater. I just want to see Common Half. Oh, my God. His career is so bad. I mean, there's nothing good after. Common Half is like the biggest movie that he has after getting HIV. (laughs) I mean, Zebrahead is not that big of a movie. And so he was really close with Henry Winkler too. <laughs> I, I might be wrong. I just that, Henry Winkler's IMDb. That's something I, I I'm a little confused. I thought yeah. he was really close with Henry Winkler because they're in the Lords of Flashbush together. But then I oh, but it was a small role. But and now then, I'm seeing it's got, a small role. He played student. It was a small role, and the stuff I was looking at was Henry Winkler's IMDb. So hey, I got HIV. I mean, Bert, hey. Bert, did Burt Reynolds know that this guy had HIV? When he fucked him. Okay, get this about Burr Reynolds. Did you know in the 80s he had HIV rumors about him and gay rumors? I bet there was a lot of that going around. So he, he got the stigma. He got in a car accident. Also, he was in Playgirl. Yes. He he I've seen the photos. And didn't realize that it was like Whoa. He thought it was for women. Like a magazine that women bought. It's for chicks. I'm hot. It's an amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Would you fall for that? No way. <laughs> no you way. Thinking that I'm showing my dick to women, but it's actually just. There's a just an issue of Playgirl with you in it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember in um, wasn't it Nathan for you that he was like, were you in this issue of Playgirl, oh, like Penthouse? Oh yeah, the oh to the detective guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, oh god, good stuff. Um. All right. So, so anyway, I think did, this did cast, I think this casts a dark shadow over the movie, and like, it does. Yeah, makes it chilling. I knew there should th- be a YouTube video about it. I like mean, a spooky channel YouTube video. The ghosts of Cop and a Half. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um, anyway, there's good old Tampa. The kid has to join up with Burt Reynolds. Eddie Murphy has to jo- join up with um, Nick, Nick Nolte. Nolte. And basically... The, they this, both go to bars, like redneck bars. They both go to redneck Types bars. Types of redneck bars. Torchies, which that's on Main Street. Biker bar in a, like a country western bar. In downtown LA, yeah. Oh, wait, wait Torchies is, is in downtown LA? Yeah. Bas- oh, my God. I thought this whole thing was shot in Tampa. Yeah. Torchies, there's, Torchies there's is from 48 Hours. 
There's... Oh, 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 right. What's what's the bar in Cop on a Half that they go to? I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I was I was barely paying attention to this movie. I was on my phone half the time reading like about. Jeez. Well, reading. You, you feel like you gave it you gave it a good enough chance. Reading Ray Sharkey trivia about his HIV in diagnosis. <laughs> I mean, this guy had HIV. I'm getting like chilled to the bone while this movie was playing. The hijinks ensued. All right, keep going through this. So, I, like that only you I wish I could also control it. Let's talk about 48 Hours, because that's the template. That's the good version. I'm, well, I remember that 48 Hours, like, I was pretty, like, you know the, that one scene? The, well, the, there's, like, you're, the, well, like, the I want to talk about Torchies. That's the big okay. scene in 48 Hours. It's the first night they're working oh, yeah. together. They're getting info. So they go to a country redneck bar in San Francisco, which doesn't exist. Okay, I'm from there. There's no yeah, I was like conserv. There's there are some conservatives, but they don't. There's you got to go you out can't the just city. Like put a country western bar with full of cowboys in San Francisco. Like this makes no sense. You could, all you have to do is drive 20 minutes out the city, and you will get to one. But anyway, they go to a very mm-hmm. racist country western bar. Mm-hmm. That guy and, looks like Charlie Daniels. And Meatloaf. And Eddie Murphy is like, he tells Nick Nolte, like, I can do this. I can do what you do. It's not hard. I could be a Mm -hmm. cop. Yada, yada, yada. And Nick Nolte's like, go ahead, do your thing. So Eddie Murphy goes in, starts talking to the bartender, asking him all these questions. Guess what happens? It doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. But Eddie Murphy keeps his cool. You know, he's laughing. He's He's making jokes. This is his, like... This scene is all about him. And Nick Nolte was just chewing a cigarette, by the way. He was just like chewing his cigarette. Lit cigarette. Yeah. While he was watching Eddie Murphy. People do that. It's cool. I feel like people were like meaner and grosser in the seventies and eighties than they are now. I mean, have you ever gotten to a fist fight with a bartender in like two minutes? <laughs> no. I think it's like a movie thing. No, but I I also remember like I don't know, I feel like when I was a kid. Like everybody, everybody was like, <clears throat> like adults and shit were like meaner and like, just well, like worse people. Like they were criminals. And... There's a separation of adult in childhood that was more pronounced back then. Like I'm thirty, mm. I'm thirty seven, yeah. and yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I dress like a teenager. Yep. I wear t-shirts. Yeah. I wear. You have a child's dream life, really. Yeah, I'm a stunted man child. I have just no... draw. It's like what you did. You do exactly what you did when you were like five. Watch 48 Hours. When did you see this movie first? I was maybe five or six years old. I saw it. I okay. definitely saw it before another 48 Hours, the sequel. <laughs> That's good. The contrived, terrible sequel. It would sequel. have been like a six year old being like, what's going on? I don't know these characters. I just loved Eddie Murphy as a kid. I watched like every Eddie Murphy movie. Um, Coming to America, Beverly Hills yeah, Cop. Yeah, for sure. These were big movies for me. I mean, of he. Course. And Eddie Murphy just becomes a movie star because of this one scene. He like it gives right. him a movie career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I mean th- this is like a really good well placed like the movie works because of this scene. You know, it like the scene like really like makes like a hard impact and and but yeah, it's also like a it's a, they they figured out a good scene to give Eddie Murphy it's like they figured out the best scene to give him like free reign in and like how to make that the best pot. Like they could, they didn't have to set this in a country Western bar. They did it because they, because it gave him more to work with. Well, you he, know? he has to steal. He basically has to steal the movie. 
And, yeah, and yeah. it's 45 minutes into the movie, and he's only had his one like Roxanne scene and a couple of driving with. Oh, actually, he has. And they're a... not. They're not that funny. He, oh, he's not like joking around that much. There is a scene where he arrests Gans, or not Gans. Uh, David Patrick Kelly like knocks him over. Vincent or Luther or whatever. Yeah, but that's not Eddie Murphy. That's not like the Eddie Murphy. The scene for him. Yeah. That, like this doesn't play to Eddie Murphy's talents like the country western part does. So and commanding the, a room and the another interesting thing is this is like the scene in french connection where popeye doyle goes into the black bar and shakes down all the black people and he's super I, I, racist I need to watch it again yeah <laughs> so this is a reverse um, this is like a parody of that scene so even though this movie is gritty it is playing off oh, of 70s cop movie <sighs> tropes it. It's just very. Really watch French Connection again. It's just very interesting the way it goes. Like French Connection, seventy-two, forty-eight hours, eighty-two, Cop and a Half, ninety-three, and like my <laughs> Cop and a Half, ninety-three is like a whole other world of movie making. It's a whole other crappy well, commercial. Kids. No, it's, it's for, corporate. For it's corporate it's garbage. Kids. No, because bad Imagine news. Entertainment. Bad news bears. Like, it's, not, it's not like that corporate. Okay, bad it's news. Like have you seen Bad kids. News Bears? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Okay. But I saw it as an adult. Right. That's a movie for children. And they say... Yeah, in the 70s and 80s when people like... That's a gritty... Shittier to each other. Like you just... Kids are just like, what's the guy out of here? They're not shitty. They're busting balls. That's how they become friends. No, I mean, but like... Like I was saying in my earlier point. Like, I mean, I don't don't feel super strongly about this thing I'm saying. But, uh... Yeah. So... It's interesting you think it's like, oh, they're better or they're acting better because I, I don't look at it that way. I look at it like it's it's more corporate and it's stupider. Like, I think this movie, I think Cop and a Half is worse for a child to see than Bad News Bears. I think Bad News Bears comes from like a more... Um, I get what you're saying. A more character-driven place of like, this is how like kids a more talk. thoughtful, nuanced thing. I mean, it's no yeah, different. It's yeah. no different well, than South Park. I was young when I watched. It. I wasn't like I didn't start watching these movies when I was five. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm well, don't get so defensive and let me finish the things I'm saying, and then you can talk. Like, Why? South Park and Bad News Bears are the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just that in Bad News Bears, they're actually children. Mm-hmm. Pretty shocking okay, stuff. Okay, you like Bad News Bears? I think Bad News Bears is top five comedies of all time. Um. Yeah, I liked it. With like Doctor Strangelove, like it's fucking incredible how funny that movie is. I gotta rewatch it. I guess it's brilliant. It's brilliantly directed and like written. I liked it. I thought it was good. Have you seen the remake? Look, are we talking about Bad News Bears? Or are we talking about Cop and a Half? Well, Cop. Here's th- that's the thing about Cop and a Half. It's like it could have been an actual movie if it yeah like they like if there was like a just if it's just better like a better version executed with that with burt reynolds and that kid that could have been good it could have been like witness is very similar it's not a (laughs) comedy harrison ford is like well becomes amish or something have you seen it yeah have you i have seen witness because he he's protecting a kid Oh, I don't remember that part. Yes. <laughs> so that's like the first time. He's a cop who infiltrates an Amish community to protect a kid who's a witness to a crime. It's very similar to Cop and a Half. 
Kabanaf is definitely playing off of Witness. Yeah. Did not expect that connection. Yeah, I haven't seen that in like a long time. Maybe like over 20 years. So I don't. Um, but the big movie that Cop and a Half is really taking off, it's not 48 Hours. It's Kindergarten Cop. Oh, Kindergarten Cop is, yeah, is it like much better than Cop and a Half? And that's just because like Ivan Reitman's like a better director and stuff, I think. And, like, I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, let's talk about what makes Kindergarten Cop a better movie than Cop. And, and, and Kindergarten Cop is crazy corporate movie making gone amok, but it sure. is like French Connection compared to Cop and Half. It is like there's like real kids with real problems. They're not. Yeah. Two bullies aren't just flesh in their head in the toilet, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, like, why are they like the only two high school kids at that school? The kid, and it's the kid from Clarissa so explains old. it all. Oh yeah. Also, there's one of the kids from Sandlot is is one of the playground kids. Yes, I recognized him, and I was like, "Where do I know that kid from?" <laughs> He's in the. Well, there's like a Spartacus moment. Yeah, the, I'm the I'm Devin Butler scene. So basically, so basically, basically, what happens in this scene in 48 Hours is Nick Nolte sits back, he lets Eddie Murphy do his thing, and Eddie Murphy gets it done. He stands up to all the rednecks, and you know he's he's doing the police work. He's a natural. Yeah. What's your point? It's cop and a half. That's that mirror scene is the. Po- the Bobo scene? the second oh that scene is oh, mirrored yeah, <laughs> in this scene where he's looking for Bobo and he does a good job and he's a good boy do you speak English <laughs> are you just like I'm drooling kidding. I'm kidding I'm kidding he's a good job I'm here he's I'm a good back. he's got the cop instinct yeah you could say that man this woman yelling at her window has Serious cleavage. Yeah. It's pretty uh racy for a cop and a half. They they put that in like to make little boys want to watch it. Little boys like I don't me. think so. Red blooded boys. I think they put it in because men want to watch it. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. Like thinking about like dads getting horny. Well, I don't think anyone making kids. this movie likes children or gives a shit about children. What about the guy who gave fifty women HIV? Ray Sharkey? No, that guy does not give a shit. That guy is human garbage. I mean, he's a sad character. What about Burt Reynolds from Playgirl magazine? Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Like, maybe Henry Winkler actually likes children. I, I, My wife has worked on stuff with Henry Winkler, and she said he's like the best person ever. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He writes children's books. He's He doesn't like to curse, you know? he's Yeah. So anyway, the child in this movie essentially negotiates a reunion between a fighting married couple. Like this is, these are like two Puerto Ricans in Florida, two yeah. Dominicans. Like they should be yeah. hammered. They should be drunk, sloppy drunk. <laughs> okay. And this kid just goes, why are you fighting? You Don't you two used to love each no, other? No, he has a very funny, like charming, like raspy voice. Why are you, you fighting? Do, don't do a baby voice. That's not accurate. It's not fair. Do the real voice. I, 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 I'm realizing now I did not even watch this scene like in my rewatch. Like I totally. Like, I mean, this is awful. I mean, it's pretty nicely 
wrapped up. You know, you know he doesn't he, get, he doesn't he doesn't mess around. It's to the point. Another similar movie to Cop and a Half is uh, Last Action Hero, Schwarzenegger and a kid. Man, I hate the kid in that movie. I've always hated the kid in that movie. He's he's in a Lawnmower Man too. One of the best bad movies ever made. Oh, nice! I haven't seen it. Lawnmower Man two is like the 2001 Space Odyssey of bad movies. It's holy shit! Unbelievable how bad it is, and how ambitious it is, and how. I mean, it's just I can't even wrap my head around any scene yeah. in that movie. Do you have to watch Lawnmower Man one to get it? Yeah, it helps. Okay. Who hasn't seen Lawnmower Man one? Oh man, I I also hate the kid from Clarissa Explains It All that's in this movie. Sam. Yeah, the way he says that, I always, you know, like when you're when you see these movies as a little kid, like a number of times, like stupid random things stick out, and a lot of it's like stuff that bothered you. And this part, I hate it. What part? So much. No one. Hate- the part where he goes, kid. No one knows what scene you're what, talking about. I know, sorry, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, like when when they're when they're hitting the car with the bat, the mobster's car. Yeah. He's like, kiss your thing goodbye, and then he does it. I just always that like makes my like skin crawl. The thing that's his performance, his delivery of that line. One of the reasons why I have such a hard time paying attention to the scenes in this movie with the dialogue is like I'm so disturbed by how poorly shot and directed every shot is every shot is ridiculously bad bad. no it's what are you talking about okay let's look at this car smashing scene look at some of these camera we have to keep moving look at some of these camera angles (laughs) we have to this is going on too long we have to keep moving forward okay here's the biker here's the biker scene yeah i know that no this is the uh, the analog oh but it doesn't the same thing doesn't happen. No, he just goes to a biker bar. Are there a yeah, lot of bikers yeah, in Florida? Yeah, they should him in the scene, like walking around, like you know, like making his stealing the movie. This is his scene stealing movie. Said Burt Reynolds just gets his ass kicked. Burt Reynolds hamming it up. And remember, you said yeah. Burt Reynolds is I mean, good in this movie. I mean, look at this. <laughs> it's terrible. He's being manhandled by a giant Bobo. Yeah, the, the third Bobo, the real Bobo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kidding. a good push. I thought I always thought that was a good push. I mean, this shot of him underneath the bar stool is hideous, <laughs> really good. hideous. And the kid's like, "Do you need my help or something? Because I'm a stupid idiot. I'll show you how to do it." Not what he said. Oh, also, like when he asks, when he's like, "I'll have a glass of milk," and he, or he's like, "Give me some milk" to the bartender, and everybody looks at him, and then he's like in a dirty glass, and then the bikers are like, "Yeah, let's rock." Oh, it's like bars have milk. What are you talking about? I never heard a bar having milk. Well, drink, some drinks are made with milk. Oh, that's gross. Cocktails, I but I don't I think this is like a cocktail bar. This is a dirty biker bar. Yeah, he's like one milk coming right up. And he um, he saves the day by getting on the cop um, radio and or amplifier and yelling at the yeah. The bikers. Uh, once again, the... <laughs> pretty nicely wrapped up. You're surrounded. Every problem is just solved very easily. It gives a horrific chase scene. There's a, a good. There's a scene in this that reminded me of a scene in in 48 Hours that I want to talk about. Um, Which one? The one where Burt Reynolds pulls his dick out and just starts pissing while Devin is brushing his teeth. No, I'm just kidding. That scene is awesome though. That scene is so, that's is also like a bizarre scene. Yeah, where he's they like start to talk about sword fighting and then he's he like pissing on his foot. Sorry, <laughs> doesn't he doesn't know how to piss in the toilet. 
yeah, what's, why I never, even as a little kid, I'm like, why is he just peeing? He's not a baby. And then the retarded child pees on the cop's legs and everyone laughs. Also, to your point, like this sword fighting scene, if they're going to do it, he's like, he's literally like, they're both looking down at, and at Burt Reynolds' dick is just like in both of their lines of sight. And, but they're like, it's not a big deal in that scene. But if they're going to do it, why not actually have them sword fight? Well, I'm just saying, this is what I'm saying. Like, no one is thinking about children or making a movie for kids or adults. Like, no one, they're just going through the motions. But they did anyway. That's the amazing thing. Um, so the any, the the other the scene I, that reminded me about 48 Hours, you know, where he's like... The heart to heart? I was, the heart, the, yeah, the 48, the scene where he's like, all that racist shit. Like, I just said that because I'm a cop. Which is that? That's like a cool, or like an interesting scene. Well, yeah, he says like, this written, really good, interestingly written. Scene. He says this great thing. He's like, all that stuff about keeping you down. Yeah, I just do. I just say it to keep you down. I'm a cop. Yeah, I don't know. That's it's, a great. That's like scene. good because yeah, the, the 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 racist stuff when he says it, it's like shot, kind of surprising because it doesn't because it comes out of nowhere. You think they're friends? Like, Murphy doesn't call it out. Yeah, and but also like it comes out very like easily. And like the way, way the whole movie is kind of this like just non it's like oh you, you think that it, because it's like from that time and stuff like there are other movies where those words are used but it's it's not done as, in as conscious a way i feel like uh maybe not in the 80s but but anyway there's a scene uh in cop and a half where he's like where Devin <laughs> Devin butler is like you got an attitude problem or no no d uh Ruby D is like, you show me an attitude with my grandson again, and uh, I'll show you something. Um, he and he's like, I don't have an attitude. I'm just a police officer, and it's that's like, that's like the same, I think, point. Now let me ask you something. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a scene a in Cop point. and a Half where that was a good point. I just made that it. other cop who very smart momentarily takes care of him. Yeah, the fun he, guy. He tells him, like, you know, Burt Reynolds, his partner got killed, and he feels mm, awful. Yeah, yeah, Dude, by the way, he's looking jacked. He looks jacked in this movie. Burt Reynolds looks good in this movie. Like, it's kind of crazy that the movie bombed so badly that he lost his ability to be in basically anything. <laughs> yeah, he was looking good. His, his toupee looked good and stuff. The handsome man still. Yeah, I mean, his career was... was. I mean, Boogie Nights definitely gave him another lease on life. It, I mean, either this or Boogie Nights, hard to say. Now, let me ask you this. Is there a scene in 48 Hours where Nick Nolte tells Eddie Murphy, like, my partner got killed and I feel, I don't feel the same? Um, I, I believe so. I feel like I remember that. Oh, really? I mean, it's possible. Like, of course, like, this movie... Like, they're both guys who've lost partners, and now they're well, dealing... I mean, yeah, because 48 Hours did the tropes. You know, created the tropes and this movie's just following them. Right, but this movie has so many crazy scenes that... The thing... the Well, it's this movie, you know, if you do that, what your movie needs is chemistry between the two leads. And that's where I think this movie shines. You're crazy. <laughs> this is a nightmare movie to watch. Especially like, to talk about. Chemistry. No, it's a dream to talk about. I mean... And it's heaven to watch. Why... I'm... <laughs> I still don't understand like why you want to talk about this movie. Like you could talk about any movie. Look, you asked me to pick a movie and I said cop and a half. Yeah, like why know. would any 
I don't know. Why would you pick 48 hours? <laughs> it's, a, it's a movie why, grown why men enjoy. Like, like Rorschach <laughs> test. Well, you knew that I wanted to watch Cop and a Half for a long time, <laughs> and you kept putting it off. And I didn't want to watch it. Like I got, we tried to do this before, and I watched ten minutes, and I was like, I cannot talk about this. I don't want to watch this. This is yeah, it's painful. Like, this is bullshit, dude. And the reason why I said forty-eight hours also is because it gives cop and a half context. It gives it something to compare it to. It gives it something. Maybe forty-eight hours. You gives can make cop and a half context. No, cop and a half gives forty-eight hours context. I I mean I think you're I didn't. I think you're dumb. That's why I think you like this movie and want to talk about it. I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to get. Okay, I kind of want. I I, thought, I was feeling a little spontaneous. I guess there. I confess. So how many? T- I remember. When it. Did, I remember when the kid you, being charming. When did you see this movie for the first time? In, oh, I was probably in like, I don't know, maybe third grade, like probably this kid's age. Okay. Did you watch it a lot? I watched. I like you know when you're a kid. Back in the day, like you had just had some VHS tapes. Okay. And those were the ones you watched. So this movie made an impact on you? Like, I'm trying to, I'm really uh, trying to figure yeah. out, like, what, like, you're not giving me any interesting answers. Like, um, I just, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's from my hometown. Okay. Also, that's exciting. I mean, that's exciting honest, for is, a kid. It's very inspired. It's very inspired pairing. You know, we've talked about this being a pair movie of movies before. And, I think it's quite inspired because it's, you know, it's a movie that's based off of this other movie, and that you're it's shot that shot in your town. This shot's this is shot in my town. Okay, both are equally. Good. No, no, no. You're forgetting. Here's the thing. I, when I said, I said you could pick any movie you want. You said Cop in Half, and then I said Forty Eight Hours. So I'm giving context. Well, we've talked about. Come on, you motherfucker. It's, you know, you know what's real. We talked about this being a pair together don't be like oh i'm so clever i surprised you with 48 hours but did you know i was gonna pick 48 hours yes because we talked about it being like a double a pairing whoa no. look at the decor in this room it's awful oh they're doing ecstasy is that what it is the bad guys are the drugs that they're doing is ecstasy i think they call it euphoria in the yeah movie. it's essentially ecstasy <laughs> euphoria um, have you done euphoria you have experience with euphoria? Well. Yeah, I, I took um, 100 pills out of a, a trombone and shoved it up my ass and <laughs> went to junior prom. Cool. And then ran around on um, the monkey bars arresting people. Nice, yeah. Uh, so you get it. But, yeah, so this movie, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting Florida movie, too, because I think, like, there are other Florida movies, like Magic Mike, Spring Breakers, that, like, are more at the beach. Those are from my area, too. But those are more of the beach. This is more like the industrial, like Tampa, like city part of the area. And it's like kind of this. I mean, obviously, I think it's I get something out of it because I'm from there. But it's just like weirdly bland. But it's like next to palm trees and the ocean and stuff. And like, but you, but like you don't even see that you barely see the ocean in this movie. They save it for like the end. Okay. It's just interesting from Do that you have perspective, I think. any emotional connection or anything that's interesting for another person to listen to? <laughs> like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if what it, I'm saying is interesting until I say it. It's like the movie has palm trees and it has warehouses. Well, I'm talking about from the area, like from I'm, I'm for me being from the area. Is this a like, big this movie, movie from that, your childhood? Is this something like, you and your friends tale, acted out? 
Yeah, we always were in. I know. I'm asking you, like, why did you want to talk about this? Because, it, like, I just picked it on a whim. Okay, Jesus. So you just picked a terrible, fucking, stupid movie. But I have a personal connection to it. That's what I feel like we should do with this podcast. Is like, do movies that are not, you know, that people don't think about as much. Or we could pick obvious. Well, it's true because here's ones. well here's the thing. Like, given what year were you born? Eighty five, January. Eighty five, right? So, nineties movies can only really be understood. Like nineties children movies can only be understood from people our age. Essentially, like I mean, it's like a different connection than like an adult. Yeah, you would see the yeah, same. yeah. Well, like I, a kid seeing the sand a lot. Like a yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandlot, much better movie than this. Um, oh, for sure. Of course. Of Look, course. I'm not saying this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I'm saying it's interesting. This isn't interesting. You're not <laughs> even like a Burt Reynolds <laughs> I'm just, fan. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, you're not even uh, like a Burt Reynolds fan. I, but I am a fan of this kid, and I really do wish that he had a bigger career. That's shocking. To me, the most interesting thing about this movie is Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, his he's a Florida guy, by the way. I know. He's like he has like a Burt Reynolds. There's a Burt Reynolds school of acting in Florida. I I believe the movie shot in Florida because he lived in Florida and just wanted a, an easy movie to shoot. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's why it's like specifically in Florida. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's interesting because he's just struggling. <laughs> he's yeah, he's playing off the persona that he Dude. from the '80s. If you think about it, him where he's at. Where the HIV guy is at. Henry you know, Winkler. Henry Winkler. He's at the end of his rope. Arrested development is, a, you know, far from, the, you know. Well, it's the end of his directing career. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like three men, three grown men just like dying. Okay. I just want to let you know that this, there's almost nothing interesting about this movie. <laughs> it's not well shot. Um, it's a nightmare to watch. The kid is a terrible actor. The screenplay is garbage. About- what about the end song? Burt Reynolds is the thing. And yeah, so the song comes on at the end credits. Why don't you tell the audience what song plays over the end credits? Um, it's by a young recording artist named Joseph Lawrence. And it's called, what's it called? Nothing My Love Can't you Fix. Can do, nothing, can't Fix For You Baby. Nothing My Love Can't Fix For You Baby. Ooh. I can't, I've been thinking all day since I watched it about the... What's the, uh, oh, he's like, why is my baby blue? Dude, it's that's awesome. Like, that's the first line. <laughs> I can't, like, stop. I can't stop thinking that. The production is so over the top and terrible. That movie, this that music is, like, made specifically for pedophiles, right? Yeah, and there, it's also made for, like, garbage movies to be dumped on. Like, yeah. Any of those, like, mall pop from the 90s like or in 80s like cuz also who kid actors that are singing and stuff like Joey I never listened to that when I was a Joey kid. Joey we got to get you in the studio you're such a, you're so handsome you're a teenager i got to record you it's like some Lou Pearlman Yeah it's like Lou yeah, Pearlman ticket some disgusting man is like i'm going to say that it, yeah <laughs> i'm going to make a song with you Joey i love blossom but I don't love Blossom. I love you. Yeah. Wait, Lou Pearlman did it, you think? Well, it's a guy like that. Like, um, sure, sure, sure. 
a male fat, pedo. Pedophile, yeah. It's yeah. crazy that those guys are actually pedophiles. They're so it's like not crazy. It makes perfect well, sense. Well, they like they figure out how to like live their dreams. Oh, that is, and they do it. How like I that I wish I was that motivated. Well, you would be like if you're. I mean, men are motivated by sex, so some men are better than other men. I guess I don't know. I mean, every <laughs> man's motivated by the same they're thing. Just, they're what you're saying is they're like more alpha than I am. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a, he's a he's a criminal. That's where all his money came from. Lou. Yeah. Well, that's cool. You never saw the uh, Lance Bass documentary he made about him? No. And in sync. That sounds good. It's it was for YouTube Red. It's excellent. Oh my god! Another Florida guy, see. Lou Pearlman. He yeah. um he <laughs> created a, a fake state. airline company, and he. And that's convince people it was an airline company by showing them a photo of a plane and it was a toy plane held up really close to the camera <laughs> with the, a, a runway in the background and he literally oh would take people's money like retirees and say like look you know it was... oh my god jesus and he of just course. he just took all their money and Man, they really get preyed on poor old people and he told them like it was going to be Oh yeah, you're getting a great return. You're getting a great return. Trust me. And then, he, that's how he funded NSYNC. He, he just <laughs> nice. used that all that money. Nice. That's great. That's cool. I mean, you do crazy things for art. You know. Like he wasn't doing it for art. He was doing it to rape the singers of these bands. <laughs> He's very. But yeah, I mean, but also art. Also, the noble noble pursuit of art. Let's be honest. He could put. He did put together. Multiple successful bands. I mean, NSYNC I mean, and the Bachelor. The man had an eye. Can't it, deny it. He had a, I mean, an eye and an ear for talent. Yeah. And a penis. It's true. He did have a penis. Another, if you want to hear like a great Lou Pearlman story, um, remember that LFO band, the one hit wonder with the song? Yeah. Light funky one, light, light funky ones, right? I mean, I believe so. I think that's what the LFO stands for. Chinese food makes me sick. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. That guy, he has a great Howard Stern interview. That is just... Oh, yeah. That's the guy that died from, like, cancer or something? Yeah. And he tells about, like, meeting Lou Pearlman, making that song, dating Jennifer Love Hewitt, being engaged Uh, to her. It's It's like a great, like, hour-long interview. Damn. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so... I'll listen to the, I'll watch the Luke Perlman thing, and then I'll listen to the Lance, no, the LFO interview. And anything else related to boy band stuff you want me to pick up? I don't listen to their music. I just watch depressing documentaries and interviews about them. And you did say that you remember seeing the premiere for the music video from this Joey Lawrence song. Yes, I was on MTV, got like massive airplay for the first week. Oh, TRL? No, it was. This is all before TRL. This is '93, and they played it, and I hated the song. I hated any boy band singer. Yeah, because you're like, what's happening to my body? I don't like this. I just thought I didn't like mushy stuff. I liked, you were a little Lou. You were. They called you Little Lou. Well, I liked um, rap and hip hop, gangster rap. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, Ugh, Joey Lawrence. This is lame. Yeah. Yeah, of course. 
you can just you can just tell also you, girls like it and you're like okay so that's how i know to say that i hate it girls are mushy yeah girls are soft not like us two hard men yeah <laughs> hard that's a good description we're the last of the hard men yeah you could say that who's the who do you think is uh you know who and uh if it's you're you're the kid and i'm burt reynolds. no i'm burt reynolds i'm the angry one i'm eddie murphy but i and then i'm burt reynolds no you're the kid because you're not funny and you can't you're the act. kid and then you're eddie you're nick nolte and you're but you're the kid uh, adam i was just trying to hold you down you know that's a good that's good (laughs) Uh, as a kid i was like so horrified by him yeah he's just i mean the voice is you're just like this guy is god damn it Uh, he's gonna throw a bottle at your head or something he wasn't Um, like because i was i mean i'm i was born in 83 so i saw that movie in 87 89 Maybe eighty-eight, somewhere in there. Top and a half didn't come out until nine. I'm talking about forty-eight hours. Oh, so like, I was used to the late '80s, like clean-cut, commercial, simpler kind of filmmaking, and so that movie was a little great. It was very gritty for me, like very. Was it cool that it was your uh, area and stuff? Did it make you be like, "Oh, this place is cool"? Yes, I was like, "Ooh, there's Golden Gate Bridge. Ooh, they're in San Francisco. They're being street street smart and stuff like that." And now, oh, they're at that country western bar that I go to all the time. And now, as an adult, I'm watching it, and I live in downtown LA, so I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> like, oh, that's Chinatown. Not my neighborhood at all. No, that is my neighborhood. That's Chinatown. That is, this is the neighborhood oh. I live in now. Yeah. Wow, you really come full circle, man. You've lived like, in every filming location of 48 hours. That's 7th Street. That's 6th Street. That's 5th Street. Yeah. All right. I got to go. It's I got to Sony f- soundstage. I got to feed my cat. She's hungry. Crystal. Crystal. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy your food, Crystal. Bye. Bye, everybody. Peace.